0: Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored. Make sure you're subscribing to the podcast wherever you're watching or, or listening to the podcast. Go ahead and take a second, click on that subscribe button, and then if you're able, go ahead and share it with your friends. Okay, so today we're going to talk about aliens. That's right. What if we're not alone in the universe? It's, it's a weird conversation. Because there's a lot of people that just scoff at the idea. (laughs) (laughs) Aliens. What am I, five? No. No. Is it really that far-fetched to believe that we're the only ones in the universe? This came in from Todd on Twitter. And normally, if I get a, a tweet from a Todd, I kind of ignore it. But this guy, Todd, does a great job. And Todd brought this up when it comes to aliens. The universe is too big, and humans are too arrogant to be the only life in the universe. Right? It's hard not to agree with that. Especially when you look at the size of the universe. It's gigantic. Enormous. Ginormous. Did you guys... Know that the U.K. Ministry of Defense blocked the release of a civilian photograph of a UAP. Again, UAP is Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. Until 2072. Did that without explanation. They don't have to. So, here's what's interesting in regards to this. The file... Uh, uh, from the photo- photographs is these hikers. They're, they're out in, this Scottish, in the Scottish Highlands in right around 1990. So there's a 30-year rule where they can conceal evidence and classify it. Well, as of like January 1st, they're like, actually, you know what? We need to classify this even longer. So then they block the release again so they had the original 30-year rule from 1990 because where they obtained the photograph. And this is allegedly one of the most beautiful images of a UFO that anybody's ever seen. Allegedly. I haven't seen it. But there's stories of these people that worked for the UK Ministry of Defense. And they're claiming that, like, yeah, this thing was insane then one day all of a sudden it just disappeared and it's locked up somewhere nobody knows really where it's at but apparently they do somebody does know where it's at and it's being held now until 2072 so what are they hiding there's there's a couple ways you got to look at this is it's not necessarily aliens it could be Something from an, a government agency that they're trying to say, hey, shit, we're in bed with the Americans. This is one of their test subjects or test equipment. We got to make sure that nobody gets to see this. I mean, it's a great picture, by the way. Good job. Kudos to you. Is that a cannon? Yeah, good job. Good. Good backlighting. You know what I mean? It's So, <laughs> so. It's interesting that that we all assume that it's alien, but there's a really good chance with how much our technology has advanced in such a short amount of time that it could be from here. It could be. And that would explain why the MOD is is really deciding, we got to, keep our friends, or maybe even our secrets, secret still. 2072. What the hell? That's insane that they're doing that. So obviously it's something. But what is it? So then I start going through a lot of different stories out there. There's, we've talked about this before. You have celebrities coming out and saying that they've experienced things. You had Miley Cyrus, you had Baker Mayfield saying that they had experiences, and we've played those audio clips before. Sometimes that helps. Sometimes that does more harm than good towards the, you know, the cause. Especially if I have a story that I want to share. It, it, in, in a sense, it's hurting my cause when I have somebody like Miley Cyrus. No offense to Miley Cyrus. But it's that she has that stigma of she's a party girl and blah, blah, blah. If she's standing shoulder to shoulder with me, you know, saying, hey, I I have I've seen aliens, too. I was really high at the time, too. So who knows what I saw? That's not really helping my cause. So it's interesting. Now, let's go through some some stories and I'll have some audio to go along with with some of these as well. When some of this audio is insane. The date is October 11th, 1973. Calvin Parker and Charles Hickson went out fishing on the banks of a river in Mississippi. So they're out there fishing, and then all of a sudden they see blue lights reflected on the water. Parker thought it was the police. But in actuality, something else was going on. Let's hear from Calvin Parker as he spoke with the Sun Herald. About the whole situation
1: that's where the they came out of the craft, and they come and picked us up then and took us back aboard so uh took us aboard their craft, and then the mechanical things three of them did now the 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 one the one I call the female, she never came out of the craft in no time. they sent the what I call the soldiers out or ugly ones. They come out and got us. I was laid back on my back, kind of at a 45 degree angle. And when they got us, they grabbed us by the shoulder right there, and uh, that's when I felt the injection. It's hard to tell the time in there because you know you're scared and everything going by so fast. But uh, we was in there. Then they took us back out, set us down there, and that's where it all started. You know? And tell me what you were like when they set you back. I was standing there facing the river and with my arms stretched out like that, and I couldn't move them. I mean, I took a minute just to get them freed up, and that's when I heard Charlie calling me in the back, and then I kind of limbered up. But he was uh, he was down on the ground. I mean, he said he lost control of his legs, and I didn't lose control because I never had no control. So anyhow, Charlie was on the ground and uh. He kept saying, Calvin, Calvin, you okay? And that's when I turned around. Then we turned around and faced the craft, which is sitting right about here.
0: So it was still there? Yes, ma'am. During that, while y'all were recovering, it was still sitting
1: there. Oh, yeah. And then the lights just disappeared. The bright light disappeared. And it took up, it picked straight up and went up a little ways, then it just disappeared. like lightning, I mean, it was gone.
0: Hmm, interesting. Again, that's from the Sun Herald. Thank you guys so much for that audio. But, so he's talking about a big light coming out of the clouds, and then all of a sudden it's just blinding. The craft is shaped like a football. He later says that he, he estimated that it was about 80 feet long, made very little sound, it was just a slight hissing noise. So he also claimed that, there, that three legless creatures floated out of the vessel towards him. He described all three as having mitten-shaped claws. One was necklace and gray. The other to be, uh, appeared to be more feminine. And he said at one point, uh, he, think they, he thinks they injected us with something... To calm us. He said, I was kind of numb and went along with the program. Which, by the way, if you're going to be abducted by an alien, you might as well go along with the program. Because I don't know what the hell you're... I don't. Listen, let's put yourself in, in those people's shoes. If all of a sudden you're being abducted and you don't know where they're taking you, you don't. You don't know what your escape route is because you don't know where you're at. Could you imagine if you're, like, fighting your way out of there, if somehow you're able to break through with all their, whatever they're trying to restrain you with? Then you're like, ah, fuck it. Fuck you guys. What are you going to do? If you're, you know, 10,000 feet up in the air, or you're all of a sudden in in space, (laughs) you're fucked. You're like, shit. All right. Probe me. I guess. Very interesting. So... Here's what's crazy too. So these guys, as soon as this happens, they're like, oh fuck. And they ran over to the Jackson County Sheriff's office and told Captain Glenn Ryder and Sheriff Fred Diamond the entire story. And he talks about he's oh, when I got there, they had me. Hickson told the police there were there were no seats, no chains. They just moved me around. I couldn't resist them. I just floated. Felt like There was no sensation, no pain. They kept me in that position a little while. Then they'd raise me back up. Hickson claimed that that, that a machine resembling a giant eye looked over his entire body. He said that he was surrounded by inhuman, five-foot-tall beings. So here's what's crazy. So the police officer, they're like, I don't believe these guys. So Captain Ryder, Stepped out of the interrogation room. But he left a secret recording device running because he was trying to catch them in their, their lie. He, he's like, this is bullshit. This is not an alien story. So he goes back later and listens to the recording of when he's out of the room. Now, there's no, I don't have the actual audio, but I do have a, a transcript of it. <clears throat> this is Hickson talking to Parker. Jesus Christ, God have mercy. I thought I'd been through enough hell on this earth, and now I've got to go through something like this. But they could have, you know, I guess they, well, they could have harmed us. They had us. They, they could have done anything to us. And Then Parker added, I just want to cry right now. What's so damn bad? about it is nobody's going to believe us. So that's what, the, that's what they're talking to each other about. And when you go back and listen to that guy that we, we just heard from, it does not sound like he's making shit up. In his mind, he believes it. Now what's crazy is his buddy was right there with him. They experienced the same shit. But technically, there's no actual evidence of the abduction. Parker—he didn't—the guy we heard from—he didn't come out and talk about the event until after Hickson died. Hickson died in 2011, but uh, Parker ended up writing a book and talking about how they uh, saw the UFO. And he said there's a lot of people reacting to that. And, and they, he says it makes him feel pretty good that, you know, he's not the only one that has seen things and saw something. And there's people that saw something that night as well. But we don't have any evidence. So it means jack shit. It's like these, these things, these experiences, and we'll get into more on that here in a second. But it's just like, these are great stories. I believe that guy when he tells me. If he's sitting down right next to me, I'm be like, dude, I believe it. I believe it in every core of his being that, that that happened. But what sucks is we got Jack for evidence. Now, I got a story coming up here in a second that's just going to make you go, oh, come on. But then at the end, you're going to be like, well, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. But first, since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with premium cannabis products at low prices. With online ordering, you can order quickly and conveniently. For up-to-date products and promotions, head to Terrapin Care Station or come visit one of their six, uh, I should have said, go, head to terrapincarestation.com, excuse me or come visit one of their six convenient Colorado uh, locations, they have an incredibly friendly and professional staff who will help you find the cannabis products that are right for you. Whether it's in one of their dispensaries or just around town, you'll always feel welcome and well cared for. You're free to be you with Terrapin, not just because you love weed, but because at Terrapin, weed loves you back. Terrapin, flower to the people. This is Chris Fuseli, owner of the Blake Street Tavern, I know most people go home for the holidays. Me, I stay at the Blake Street Tavern, where there's always a holiday party happening. Don't worry, you still have time to book your bash. With 18,000 square feet and six separate rooms, we can span the spectrum from intimate gatherings to mega corporate events. Call us at 303-675-0505, and we'll get you all the info you'd need. It's the story of Blake Street Tavern at Park and Blake, where Denver rings in the holidays. All right, so a 23-year-old farmer named Antonio vias I'm probably mispronouncing that, Boas. Boas said he had been working nights in his family's field in order to avoid the hot daytime temperatures. This is right around October 16th, 1957. So he reportedly saw a red star above the fields near... Uh, of wherever this place is. As it approached, Boas claimed that atop was an egg shaped craft in a, a rotating red light. As the vessel came closer, it extended its three legs, had three legs like landing pads. Boas claimed that he tried to flee but was captured by a five foot tall being wearing gray overalls and helmets and taken aboard their ship. Sounds believable. They, why would they not be wearing overalls and helmets? Uh, that kind of... Dude, like, come on. This is why people have a hard time. Like, don't worry. It gets more interesting. Boas alleged, uh, allegedly said that the beans eyes were blue and, and small. Communication consisted of animal-like sounds. I'm just trying to imagine this. Like... Meow. Meow. That just seems a little fishy. And then, apparently, the beans extracted blood from his chin, allegedly placed into a room filled with strange gas, which caused him to feel ill. Soon a naked and attractive female entered the room. Boas claimed the, the woman had long blonde hair and red pubic hair, and that the two soon engaged in sex. Afterwards, the woman gestured to her stomach, like pointing at it, being like, hey, have this thing right here, my tummy. And then she pointed upwards, and he interpreted that as... He impregnated her, and she's going to raise their child in space. He felt angry. He felt like he was being treated like a good stallion, as he put it. Then he was taken off the ship, watched it go away into the heavens. Four hours had passed since the abduction. Now, here's the interesting thing. Doctors noticed that the the signs of radiation sickness on Boa. He had nausea, uh, bruising, burning ses- sensations in the eyes and skin that was painful to the touch. Here's what's interesting Boas uh, later became a successful lawyer. In his spare time, he would recreate models of the UFO. Boas held on to this story and claimed it to be true until he died in 1991. Do you believe it? I don't believe that one. I really don't believe that one. Farm animals? An attractive, naked female that just all of a sudden wants to have sex with you? And let's see, the aliens were wearing overalls and helmets? Dude, it sounds like somebody was playing a prank on them. That's what it sounds like. It just seems very odd. It really goes against all these other descriptions, too, of aliens. Now, maybe it's true. Maybe it's true. Maybe he has a little space baby up there. (gasps) Star-Lord? He is one of the guardians of the galaxy. We found him. Found him. Star-Lord is real. I don't believe that one. I don't. Again, maybe he believes it because maybe somebody was fucking with him. They're like, dude, seriously, let's just put on some fucking overalls and a helmet and bring your sister. Okay, she is hot. Let's be honest, though. Carpet doesn't match the drapes. Okay. And, uh, but he won't know. We'll just tell him we're aliens. We're just looking for a good time. So weird. I don't believe that one at all. Do you? Do you believe that? I, yeah, I'm i chalking that one up as a no, but good story. Good story. Getting your rocks off with an alien. Would By the way, would you, if an alien came down and they were attractive, whatever you're attracted to, men, women, If they came down, and all of a sudden they're like, listen, I'm an alien. I want to bang you. And you're like, okay, let's go. Hmm. What does Sean Connery think of that? Oh, I'll tell you what. I'd be there banging away. I'd be like, hello, aliens. Come here. In in fact, once I'm done banging your mother, I'll go over there and bang you. It just... mm, Connery, you slut. I, I don't know if I would. I know that sounds weird, but I don't know. I'm like, what if they're like, what are those? What are those insects that kill their mate afterwards? I don't want that to happen. I'm like, this was amazing. And she rips my head off. Huh? Now I'm walking around with no head. All right, next story. October 21st, 1978, an Australian pilot, Frederick Valentik, and I'm probably mispronouncing his last name and I apologize, disappeared into thin air. So he was doing a training flight on his Cessna 182L over the Bass Strait between Tasmania and the Australian mainland. Then all of a sudden, he's confronted. And we have the flight recording.
2: Here you go. This is Delta Sierra Juliet. Is there any known traffic below 5,000 feet? No known traffic. Seems to be a large aircraft below 5,000 feet. What type of aircraft is it? I cannot confirm. It's four bright, seems like landing lights. The aircraft has just passed over me at at least 1,000 feet above. Is there any Air Force aircraft in the vicinity? No, no an aircraft in the vicinity. Seems to be playing some sort of game. He's flying over me. Delta Sierra Juliet, it's not an aircraft. At... Can you describe the, uh, the aircraft? As it's flying past, it's a long shape. Can I cannot identify it. It has such speed. It's before me right now, Melbourne. How large would the, um, the object be? Seems like it's stationary. What it's doing right now is orbiting. The thing is just orbiting on top of me. It's also got a green light and a sort of metallic-like, it's shiny on the outside. It's just vanished. That strange aircraft's hovering on top of me again. It's hovering and it's not an aircraft.
0: All right, so that's the actual flight recording. Never heard from him again. No evidence of him ever again or his Cessna. Okay, now that being said, it's very easy to lose a plane once it gets caught in a current and God knows where it ends up in the middle of the ocean. That could have happened. He could have crashed. He could have been making the whole thing up. Why would I say that he's making the whole thing up? Well, he was a 20-year-old who loved alien stories. He was obsessed with it. He was a UFO, all, all into UFOs. He was hardcore with it. He was a fairly experienced pilot. But, I mean, it, if, if he wanted to go down as somebody that was part of this, you know, essentially, in a sense, urban legend that is UFOs, Why not go down on his ledge? Maybe he was depressed. I don't know. Maybe he wasn't depressed. Maybe it was aliens. And I hate to say that he would do something to himself because I don't know the guy. But it is fascinating that he's sitting there going on and on about his encounter. It was allegedly a five-minute conversation between him and Melbourne Flight Service. And they were talking about how there was no other traffic in the area. But you could hear the guy saying he was adamant that there was something right there, and it was dicking with him. Fascinating. So what's sad is, like, at the very end, you know, it's just it's static. Some people claim that they can hear, like, metallic scraping in that last bit of sound. So people assume that he crashed, but, you know... They've, they haven't found anything, like I was saying. But that's according to the Australian Department of Transportation, that, or, or Transport. They couldn't find anything. But in 2014, they did find that a farmer claimed that, that the pilot's plane, he saw it that day, that he observed a, a UFO by his farm, that was 90 feet in length approximately. And he claims that he saw that Cessna, that plane stuck into the UFO. Like it must have like crashed into it and and it was leaking oil everywhere flying by. While the farmer said he scratched the airplane's registration number on his tractor, he never came forward claiming that he was afraid of the ridicule. So he actually wrote it down, allegedly. Do you believe that? Do you believe that whole story? You listen to that flight call. Sure as shit sounds like he saw something. And then for him to disappear without a trace. That's fascinating. Now, now then you have the story of the the farmer allegedly scratching down the, the plane number on his tractor, which to be honest, he came out However, many years later, he could have written down that plane number from an article if he wanted to be part of the story. Now, that being said, what do you benefit from that? What do you benefit from trying to add on to the story? What? There are some people that like to be part of the things. They want to be a part of the story, whether it's for financial gain or just so people talk to them. Something happened to that dude, so all of a sudden he's experiencing he's doing play by play of what's going on in front of him now that being said, he knows it's going to be recorded but but what does he gain out of that He'll go down in history as as somebody that encountered a UFO, maybe somewhere deep in his. His, his mind, he feels that, that, that go down as a legend, but never to live again? That's just, I don't get it. The fact that, that there has been no evidence of his plane ever recovered tells me that something strange happened, but then I also lean towards, it could have been just, you know, one of those things where it just gets caught in a current, and next thing you know, it's 5,000 miles away. Let's not forget that, like, what is it? 71 percent of the Earth is the Earth's surface is water? It could be anywhere. It could be anywhere. All right, so this next one is a good one. Now the audio is going to be a little long, but it's totally worth it. On November, November 5th, 1975, Travis Walton was allegedly abducted. And didn't return for five days. When he did, he had this insane story to tell. Now, Travis was on the Joe Rogan experience. And I stole the audio. So here you go. Here's Travis Walton describing what happened to him once he was on that, uh, that UFO.
3: When I regained consciousness, it wasn't
0: real quick. It
3: wasn't real Woken right up. It was real slow. It was dim. My consciousness was kind of like in and out for a while. I didn't know where I was. The pain and the feeling that I was mortally wounded, something uh, something was so wrong inside. I, I felt like I was dying. And this is what really fueled the panic when I finally laid eyes on these creatures. Of course, you know, all of the mental programming that we get from Hollywood that, uh, aliens are invading monsters, you know, didn't help. Uh, but I instantly associated this feeling of, of dying with pain with them. So I was combative immediately. Where were you? I was lying on my back on a raised table. There was a light above me. It was not real bright. It was, uh, not so bright that I couldn't um, you know see the outline of the of the fixture, but uh what did the um, fixture look like? kind of like that, only much larger <laughs> uh, just a soft uh glow, and uh in the movie, there's a little bit of striking on the part of the aliens uh against me. uh that didn't happen. I lashed out at them. The one closest to me, I I felt really weak. I didn't have enough strength to to do much. So when I my arm contacted him, he just fell back very unexpectedly easy into the other one. And I rolled off the table in the other direction. And uh they came around the table and the three of them were coming towards me. And I just grabbed something from behind me, an object off of the uh, shelf there, and started swinging it at them. What was the object? It was just some large, uh, long cylinder or rod, uh, glass, some clear material. I wasn't studying it, I was looking at them and swinging wildly, screaming threats. They stopped. And I was planning on attacking more fully, just making way past them. The only doorway I could see was on the other side of them. And it looked like a doorway? Yeah, it looked like a doorway, just, uh, you know. And what did they look like? Uh, I guess it's a pretty typical description nowadays. Uh, very large eyes, uh, hairless. Um Two eyes, nose, mouth. I didn't see them speak or no change in the expressions. And uh, to me, that uh, in in the face of all the screaming and uh, the fear that I was uh, projecting, uh, their lack of reaction probably just added to my panic. But uh, did they feel like they were? A living creature or did they feel like they were a robot like well they were without expression I'll say that but you know I've had 45 years to think about that and more recent years I think well maybe if they're telepathic and it's developed enough to where they don't need to talk they also don't need facial expression right and so their ability to communicate with each other would be much richer and more complete than we have. And speech and frowns or smiles or whatever would become obsolete pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, that is a, a theory about where human beings are headed. If we continue
4: yeah. to evolve, that we will one day reach this point where the biological
3: limitations of our monkey bodies will slowly start, start to fade away and we'll have uh, different abilities different abilities to Well why would we need to uh, frown or yeah. smile if if you can say much more and also their their musculature did their musculature did they look like smooth like they had no no they, clear muscles Yeah they were pretty smooth very light when I when I hit the one it fell back into the other one pretty easily it, like he weighed hardly anything Like a little kid Yeah that was the most terrifying experience of my life. But when I, when I tell this story and, and try to relate to people, I'm trying to communicate what I experienced and how utterly, utterly traumatic that was and how it was so devastating. I was you know, on the verge of catatonic for weeks after it happened. But uh, uh, I don't, I don't want to relate this story in order to uh, inspire fear. Because I've had enough time to think about it that I think that it was unwarranted, that my reaction was uh, just due to my ignorance of the situation. Um, The fact that I was returned at all is pretty significant, you know? Yeah. Uh, The idea that these beings are just uh, kidnapping people willy-nilly and doing terrible things to them, I I don't subscribe to that theory. Now, I try to separate what I actually experienced from things that I've concluded just from thinking about it. But it seems to me that, uh, I mean, they've been seen, uh, observed, there've been sightings for all, you know, before I was born. Had you heard of the Betty and Barney Hill story before you were abducted? Uh, I probably had, uh, but... If I, I thought if they had some sort of sinister intentions, it'd be a done deal. They wouldn't be sneaking around, hiding, and uh, right. uh, yeah. I, I believe with that level of technology... Look at it this way. Human beings, just virtually everything technological that we have is just a few hundred years old. Before that, the most technological thing we had was fire. And in just uh, the last... Uh, 50 years, the progress of our science has grown to far overshadow everything we had accomplished in thousands of years before that. So I'm thinking um, what astronomers tell us about these other star systems is that they could be hundreds of thousands, millions, or maybe billions of years older than us. So if we accomplished the kind of technology that we have, in a few decades what is possible with millions of years of development i mean we couldn't begin to recognize what they're capable of
1: right
3: uh, so i think it's presumptuous for people to say oh they could never do
0: that good stuff from travis walton again thanks to so much to the joe rogan experience and um great interview and the details that he gives are just fantastic And when you listen to him, again, it's really hard not to believe him. This is a a lumberjack. He's out there in the site. I I think it's the site Greaves National Forest near Herber, Arizona. Him and his six-man group of loggers returning home when they allegedly spotted a shiny disc spanning 40 feet. Hovering in the sky above them and then all that shit happens wild do you believe them tells a convincing story they made that sci-fi movie fire in the sky i don't know if you ever saw that but that's the movie that travis was referring to is that's his story it's a good creepy story I suggest you watch it. I saw it when it first came out. I remember. I would like to watch it again. I haven't seen it in forever. But a, 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 listening to him, the only thing that he disputes versus the movie versus what really happened to him is that he assaulted the alien beings. They didn't assault him. And to be honest, you, you put yourself in that situation you you just be like, well, what's... I mean, what do you do in that situation if, if you're being abducted and they're poking and prodding you? How would you not want to try to fight back? But then it, you're also like, where the fuck am I? What happens if I overpower them? Am I just going to fly the UFO home? Be like, shit, man. St. Freddie easy. Let's just hop in the UFO seat and be like, beep, boop, beep, boop, boop. <laughs> Let's go home. It's not like it's, you know, Easy to fucking fly one of those. (laughs) I'm sure it's difficult. I believe his story, but then I'm like, God, man, how do we not have more evidence? Neil deGrasse Tyson weighs in on this coming up next. But first, everybody knows Total Beverage in Westminster and Thornton that they're the best. They're amazing. And everybody knows Total Beverage has an incredible selection of beer, wine, and spirits. Did you know they deliver? They do. Did you know they have curbside pickup? They do. And did you know they do online wine education classes? They do. Stop by 104th and Thornton or on uh, Sheridan in Westminster and see for yourself. Or you can always find weekly deals and events and even drink recipes online at TotalBev.com. Again, TotalBev.com. Total beverage, everything you need, and more. So when you look at all these stories, could some of them be chalked up, and along with some other ones, to something like as simple as sleep paralysis, where I was, couldn't move, but all this sh- weird shit is happening around me? Yeah, you could. I think in some of the cases, you could. Maybe not even necessarily these cases, you see these cases of, of people saying that they're abducted out of their bedrooms. Who, Like, I was in the middle, uh, I was sleeping, all of a sudden I woke up, I couldn't move, and then, you know, an alien's like, you know, jerking me off. You know, classic story. <laughs> classic story. They got soft hands. You heard Travis Walton. These are, they got soft skin. <laughs> Must feel great. That's awful. Um, but it could be. Some of these could be chalked up to sleep paralysis. But when I listened to that Calvin Parker audio, and the fact that it wasn't just him, his buddy was right there with him, had the exact same story. The police tried to catch him in a lie, and in fact they just catch more quote-unquote evidence of them Admitting that what they experienced is true to them. You listen to Travis Walton. You go, you go to Travis Walton, you go to his face and tell him you don't believe him. He's going to break your face. Because that, you listen to him. He's had 40 plus years to roll that shit around in his head. And he believes it and it is interesting that they're talking about he just grabs an object off of like a shelf type thing and starts swinging at him. He's he's going to go down, he's going to go down fighting. Just fascinating. I I guess I believe it, but then you also have to rule you have to put into this category. Yeah, maybe it's aliens, but it also could be some sort of government thing. We've talked about this before, MK Ultra. How about that, where the government, the U.S. government, was testing on U.S. citizens. Some of them had no idea they were being tested on. Okay, we, we that shit happens. I'm not saying it is, but I'm just saying that's a possibility. Something fucking weird is going on. Now, in regards to this whole situation, Neil deGrasse Tyson weighed in.
4: We, as scientists, we love to meet the aliens. I have no problems with this. We just need better evidence than your credible witness. I just need better evidence than your fuzzy video. But anyhow, I'm ready for them. Bring them on. And it just seems to me if we'd be visited more than the Navy would notice it. That's all I'm saying. And you think the government is keeping secrets? First, you think the government is competent enough? To keep such a secret? If we were stockpiling animals, you don't think a cell phone image is going to get out of Area 51? Something will get out. You you don't... Really? Really? Do you really think the government is that competent? Really? Anyone who's worked for the government knows differently. And of course the government tries to keep secrets. Of course they try, but anything as juicy as an alien, plus... If aliens are on their way, do you know how many telescopes we have pointing up to the night sky? Right. Do you realize how, do you, how much the night sky is being monitored by people other than human beings? Also, do you realize we have cameras pointing downward? You know, Google Earth are downward pointing cameras. Okay? All right? If aliens are landing and taking off, we would have footage. So instead of asking, how come scientists don't agree... what you can't identify is alien try to think differently about it and ask if they were aliens visiting Earth what would that be like somebody would see it somebody would have photographed it would have ended up in Google Earth it would show up in many 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 more airplanes given how many airplanes fly around the earth every single hour or just think that through the absence of that level of supportive evidence, for me, is very strong against the alien interpretation of something you can't identify in the night sky. So, and by, by the way, keep, 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 bring a net, grab one, you'll be rich and famous overnight, more power to you, I'm not going to get in your way. But what you present as what you think is evidence is insufficient in our scientific court of law.
0: Yeah, he's right. I mean, that's the thing is at the end of the day, at the end of the day, these are all great stories. And it's hard not to believe those guys. It's hard not to believe Calvin Parker. It's hard not to believe Travis Walton. You hear that, uh, Frederick Valendich. You hear that sound. It's hard not to believe that something didn't happen, the craziness of it. Now, Neil deGrasse Tyson kind of poo poo's the idea of the governments being involved. But it's hard for me not to think, I know that he's, he's saying that, but he doesn't really know what goes on behind closed doors. We don't know where this is coming from. Now, obviously you have the Pentagon coming out and they're going to have more of a, a focus on what the UAPs are, UFOs are, what are they? They're going to focus on that. We've talked about this before. It's kind of troubling because you're like, fuck, well, maybe it's not because they're like, well, there's enough enough evidence out there to go, oh, well, shit. Yeah, apparently this is a thing. I feel like within the next five years, we're going to have a much, much, a drastically more clear idea of what these are, what these UAPs are. I mean, it's gonna be—it's gonna be scary. I—is it more scary that that these would be aliens, or would it be more scary that there's a country out there? Let's say Russia. Russia. Hello. We have aliens. Be like no, that that would be scary. Which is scarier? It's aliens or it's it's human beings with this technology? What's worse? Both are kind of scary. But there's clearly some shit going on. Going back to the MOD. Hiding that, uh, or not hiding it, but I mean, they're saying it's classified until 2072. Those photos from back in 1990 that are allegedly the best pictures you could ever imagine of a UFO. It was diamond-shaped, by the way. They... They're, something's going on. There's too much laid out that says that there's something going on for you to go, well, there's nothing going on. You guys are just, you guys are just being stupid, man. You're dumb. <laughs> no. There's some shit going on. We all want to know what it is. And I'll say this again. We're not all ready for it. You might be ready for it. I might be ready for it. Todd down the street is not ready for aliens to be here, to be acknowledged to be truth. He, you know he's gonna fuck it up. Be walking down the street naked, be like probe me, probe me. Come on, I'm ready. Something's going on, and I, I don't know what it is. You go back and listen to those stories of those. Of those stories that I've just told, which one to you stands out more of, oh shit, I can't believe it. I'll tell you the one that stands out the other way is the guy that said he banged that space alien that was a hot blonde that had red puke hair. Okay? That's right, the carpet didn't match the drapes. And I'm okay with that. Speaking of that, how's your mother? Oh, fuck you, Connery. Jeez. Thought we were going to get through this clean. There you go, dirtying it up again. Yeah, I don't believe that. I don't believe that guy's story. I don't. But I do lean towards yes on the others. I don't know. Let me know your thoughts. Very interesting. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to De Huff on Censored. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you're listening or watching... Go ahead, click that subscribe button. Then share it with your friends. Thanks so much to Blake Street Tavern. Go down to 23rd and Blake in downtown Denver. Amazing food, amazing atmosphere. I tell you this all the time. Get the, what is it? The Western Barbecue Cheeseburger. Amazing. And Terrapin Care Station. Thank you, guys. Go to terrapincarestation.com. They have a lot of great products up there. Again, Terrapin, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N. Dot com and Total Beverage, go to TotalBev.com, Total Beverage, everything you need and more. It's to Huff On Censored. We'll talk to you guys next time. Let's keep moving forward.